this is KG, and this is not safe for network. Get in there, you big boy. Oh, I don't care what you smell. Oh my God, this girl's really turning me on. I, I didn't quite get that. Think it again. Forget I thought it. It's a pressure valve. It won't open unless there's tremendous pressure. Oh, no, not the bees! Monta. Not the bees! Monta. Ah! I love my eyes! Monta. Montucky Skies. Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. So we were just watching a trailer for the upcoming Fox show, which looks absolutely bizarre and I think like a lot of fun. Son of Zorn. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. So it's it's created by Phil Miller and I can't remember the other guy's name, but they created Last Man on Earth and they're currently writing the Lego movie or the, the Lego, Lego Batman, Batman movie. Yeah. Um, and I think I heard somewhere that they're working on the Han Solo solo movie. That's wieldy. They just need to come up with a name for it now. <laughs> Han Solo solo movie. That's too many solos. The Han I mean, Kylo, solo movie. Kylo Ren made it too many solos, right? You mean guitar solo? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, I was thinking back on a conversation we had on the show a while ago, and uh, you were mentioning like your daughter noticed that uh, on our logo we didn't have any Star Wars on it, and I realized I was just looking at it the other day, and it suddenly occurred to me, oh yeah, I forgot, the uh, Montagi Skies is, with the exception of the Pac-Man C, it's written in Star Wars font, so it's on the poster, <laughs> there's still a Star Wars reference, don't worry Shannon, it's there. But uh, Son of Zorn looks amazing. It's kind of like what would happen if He-Man just walked around in average Earth, I guess, and was animated. Lived in suburbia, L.A. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl Hines is his ex-wife, uh, and they have a kid together, which I guess is where Son of Zorn comes in. And uh, I think she's married or dating Tim Meadows. I mean, not Tim Meadows, but, you know, he's playing a guy. Yeah. it. What I got from the trailer was that um, Zorn and the girl are divorced. And then... He went off to battle, but clearly like some kind of crazy medieval battle. Yeah. Probably in a cartoon universe. Because he's the only one that's animated. Everybody else... Like, everything else is live action with the exception of... Uh, a bird that he buys for his son. Like, I totally recommend watching this YouTube clip, but I'm just going to step on this part. Like, he buys this giant, like, I don't know, it's almost like a crazy falcon with all this, like, armor on it. And uh, eventually, like, his son gets on it to ride it. And then the mm -hmm. wife's kind of yelling at him for it and saying that mm -hmm. she'll call animal control. He's like, oh, no, this will kill animal control. <laughs> and so she, she tells him to get rid of it. So he stabs it with this sword. <laughs> He's like, hey, at least it had a, a quick death. And it starts to, like, squirm. And he, like, goes to decapitate it. And then he, like, shoves all the body parts into three different garbages. <laughs> Did you see Tim Meadows, like, Hosing off the driveway, it's like all this like or the animated blood. blood. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this looks like it's gonna be really, really funny. I and I'm a fan of Cheryl Hines. Like I just I dig anything she's in. So um, I'm glad that she's gonna be acting against like He Man. Basically, <laughs> this is like this is like my dream come true. I didn't know it was a dream of mine, but it, it's almost like a Robitussin dream or something, you know, <laughs> like not having crazy enough dreams. More Tussin, more Tussin. Some of you fall asleep watching a uh, adult swim. Yeah. I have, have you watched he man at all as an adult? No. Oh, it's so epically bad. It is so bad. The animation is so terrible. I mean, because it's first off, it's a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. So they always walk in the same like five second loop over yep. and over again. You see, see the same tree over and over again. But um, the plots are so terrible, too. Like I was watching one and uh, <laughs> this is in my 20s. We, we rented like a He-Man tape and watched it just because like we're watching movies and stuff and 
we're like, let's give this a whirl and see what it was like. Cause you know, we wanted to relive our childhoods a little bit. It was terrible. Like the episode had Castle Grayskull disappear and there's like this little like circle thing going like kind of floating. And, uh, He-Man's or man at arms is like, that's what's known as a white hole. It's like a black hole, only denser. And it was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) They're just taking like scientific terms, like throwing them out there because it's for kids and then just like making up shit around it. I don't know. I never heard Stephen Hawking talking about any white holes. No, no. But anyway, what's going on with you, sir? Well, I uh, spent the weekend at the lake. It was a lot of fun. I was uh, got blown away like that night because we're sitting around the campfire and sunset and like one of the most gorgeous sunsets I've seen in a long time. Like looks like a golden dragon, like an old Chinese dragon, like swirling across the sky, which was amazing to watch. And then, like, the millions of stars come out, like, where you can see the Milky Way and everything, and it's like, oh, my God. Stuff you miss living in the city, or Montana's version of a city. Right. (laughs) Did you do the billions thing? Billions and billions of stars. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Sometimes I do it, or I think it in my head anyway. Billions and billions of stars. Yeah, every now and then. Um, what did you think of Game of Thrones? Loved it. Yeah, it was pretty great. <laughs> and did they set it up? I thought, and I got a gift today. I thought we were only getting one season for some reason. We're getting two more? Two more, but there's only 13 total episodes. Yeah, okay. So it's like I, I'd heard the seven next year, right? But it's basically 10 hours. And then, uh, so what did they, what, so what, like three more after that? So they're going to get six more. So I think they're going to do a seven and a six. No, no, no. We just finished six. No, they're going to do a seven episode. Oh, and then a six episode. Six episode. But yeah, I heard that the seventh episode is supposed to be three hours long, but maybe, maybe that's in the last season. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, what I read, the article I read today, they were talking, Hey, um, and the showrunners wanted to wrap it up at about 75 hours. So there's, I I read that he said like somewhere between 73 to 75 hours is, is, uh, what they're going to wind up at. He thinks that's crazy that they just mark it down to the hour. (laughs) Like, yeah, we just envisioned 73 to 75 hours. Why that many hours? That seems like a oddly specific. <laughs> it does. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they go for that, but I don't know. They're doing a great job, so I guess I won't question it. Well, I already did. <laughs> I won't question it because that would be redundant. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I was sitting there reading and then like some of the things I was reading today said that there's one more season and some of the things I read said there was two more. But one of them was an interview with the with the creators of the show and they were talking about two more. So I think it's two more then. But I don't know. I'm just I'm looking forward to more Thrones, but I'm very satisfied with the season. It yeah. was really, really good. You know, I would rather see one long last season. Instead of spilling it out over two seasons. Yeah. I mean, I'm always for that, like do it all at once. But what I will say is that at least it's more than one season. Like what I mean is like, okay, so every, every season is around 10 hours long, right? Right. And then... So apparently this next season is going to, I think, going to be 10 hours or something. So we're basically getting a full season in seven weeks and then six more weeks the year after. I don't care. I'm just happy there's more Thrones right now. I'll probably be annoyed after episode seven. (laughs) (laughs) Happened to wait again. 
Yeah, it's going to be Walking Dead all over again. Oh, no. Don't say they. No, I mean, mean, as far as like get a mid season finale and then you're like, son of a bitch, I got to wait till October for this shit. Yeah. What I will say is like Game of Thrones has been so much consistently better than Walking Dead. Oh, hands down. Yeah. I mean, like, so I go back, like, the first two seasons, I was pretty excited about this. No, I guess the first three. Like, there was. I was waving a little bit in the second season of Walking Dead, and then I've kind of not really been excited about the show since then, like the fourth season on. But like Game of Thrones, like started out good with like a genuinely shocking like ninth episode, you know, where Ned bit it, and then like it's every season has gotten better. Like it's like Breaking Bad that way. Every season has gotten better, you know. And uh, I sit there and I look at. I, I don't know. Like, I think Walking Dead has run out of legitimate shit to do. Like, I just feel like the world is boring to me now. I understand the worldview. I understand how people interact. There's nothing that surprises me or fills me with joy watching or, like, that I'm excited to see. Like, it's just, like, meh. Like, yeah. Game of Thrones still, even when they, like, go to, like, almost troperific <laughs> <laughs> season like they've had, where like everything's just suddenly working out for the Starks, like you know you thought it was supposed to in the first couple of seasons, but it's but it still works. Like I think it works better, like going through all the tragedy first, yeah, and then having it all pay off. You're like, oh. it definitely <laughs> is. Yeah, I mean, watching watching a, a area like get revenge for the Red Wedding was so satisfying. And like realizing that like she can, I mean, she has the powers of those assassins now. Yeah. So does that mean that like she's really working for the God then? I Even don't. though she hasn't given up her name? I realize you don't know. We're <laughs> doing blind speculation. We're doing what we always do. <laughs> I think she's working for the God. Like I think in, in her own way, she's like servicing him. And I think, see, this is my own theory. Um, that the God doesn't really give a shit about being nameless. I really don't think the God cares. About I think that, that I might think have been a local like, sect thing. It's a dogmatic thing because the dude who started that section went as an anonymous person, right? Like they never knew who yeah. it was. So I, I think that's what it is. Like I and think that that was the dogma of the religion and she's actually like doing what the God wants. That's my theory anyway. Sticking to it. So, do you think she joined the faceless men just to become a better assassin? Yeah. Like that was her plan from the beginning? Oh, I think she, well, she went there to get those people killed. Um, right? I mean, isn't that why she went there? She, like, because it was something like if you work for them, you can have three people assassinated which is like supposed to be a really big deal because that would be so expensive. It would like bankrupt a king, like to be able to, to take out three, three targets of your choice. And uh, I think that's why she initially went. And then when she realized that that wasn't going to happen, I think she was just like first trying to survive and then trying to regain her identity back. And then once she was like where she regarded safe, then it was like, okay, now I'm going to get back to what I was busy doing before, which is trying to get these three people killed. We don't know who the three people were, but one of them, I'm pretty sure was that guy. And that makes total sense. Yeah. He was on the list. I know Cersei's still on her list. Has to be. Well, I don't know. Did she have interactions with Cersei really? I mean, she was queen, uh, but I'm trying to think. Back when I'm trying to think back, like first season when she was hanging out with King Joffrey or Prince Joffrey. I mean, Joffrey uh, would have been one of those, but she could clearly see from the play that he was dead. So I mean, word has obviously gotten to her. Like Joffrey's, don't bother with that. Yeah. So is he a target and then not? I don't know, but. But I'm almost certain that she had Cersei on the list. Yeah, it makes it does make sense. So there's. Lots of rumors going on, like, who's going to kill Cersei? There's a lot of people vying for it. There's a lot of people. <laughs> this is where I think it's, like, because I think she will die. Oh, I 
I I'd put money that she's gonna die. But okay, let's let's examine the many ways like that. One of the many people like it could go out. There's that kingdom to the south that like you got the you whole said you didn't give a shit about, but now they're allied with the Terrells. Marjorie's family. Yeah, the Terrells. So are you interested in them now? Yeah, not really. I'm glad they I'm glad they gave up some ships, but that's about all I really give a fuck about. Okay, you got like you've basically got the Queen of Dragons going to swoop in there. And yeah. you gotta imagine that like I don't know. I, I got I got a picture that like Tywin isn't exactly gonna be sad watching his sister go down. I do feel like he would try to spare her, but at the same I time don't. I don't think he would shed any tears for her either. No. He is a good person. That's the thing. Yeah. That is the crux of it. It's easy to say, like, yeah, he just want him to die, but he's also a good person. You can't, like, you can't overstate that. Like, he knows that she was ruined by her father. It's totally understandable why you would kill his father. His father tried to get him killed. His father, like, is just, was just an awful person. And while seriously, like, antagonized him for his entire life, it's also kind of a byproduct of like how her father raised him. So I could see him being okay with mercy for her. Theoretically. Yeah. That being said, he's not going to stay the, you know, her Daenerys's hand or anything either. But okay. So you got, you've got that entire kingdom. So you got the Dorn, the Dornish people are after you got the Tyrells are pissed now. Yeah. You, I mean, they've obviously banned against the the kingdom. And you got that whole church. What's left of it? <laughs> they have to be there. I mean, it couldn't have been every single follower was at that church. No. So you've got anybody who like sides with that church. The Brotherhood of Light. How about anybody who just happened to be around the neighborhood and watch somebody die from like that crazy wildfire, right? Yeah. Or anybody who didn't like the Mad King and isn't afraid that like she's basically become the Mad King at this point. Yeah. Or any of the multiple people she tortured or like I mean it could be literally be anybody who's like a member of that of Westeros. I don't know, dude. There's so like who's going to kill her? Who doesn't want to kill her? <laughs> like even Jamie when he gets back there, he's going to have to be like like that whole thing where I joked about him running her through and then being like, you're my sister. Like maybe he won't say you're my sister, but that's totally in the run. Yeah, he, he's got, he's probably got some beef now that her, their last kid is oh, gone. Th- that she killed, like she basically led to her, their kid committing suicide. Yeah, and basically is like, I just spread his ashes over. The, oh, no, even like darker than that. She's like spread his ashes over the remains of the sect. Yeah, because she was upset with him, too, for siding with the church, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's... <sighs> so, Jamie's not on her side, really, right now, so... Maybe. We'll see. But I gotta think that's gonna... That is gonna kill him. I don't know. Like, all three of their kids are dead, and to a large degree, she's responsible for all three of them in some way. Pretty much. Yeah, like, I mean, through something she did, basically led all three of them to their downfall. I just, yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to kill her? Can you name me a character? Maybe the fucking, the Gollum? (laughs) (laughs) You almost think if she, if like the Gollum escapes his leash, he's going to rip out her spine. (laughs) (laughs) Just because. Well, that would, that would be kind of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. But way too quick. Who was it that made the golem? Was that the the Meister? That was the the other Meister, though. Yeah, the, the seedy one that led the old <laughs> Indiana Jones guy down into the crypt. You know what's sad about that guy? Like I I always think of like Grantland when I see him because they used to do these Game of Thrones like speculation and recaps and stuff with Jason Concepcion. And he still does it for the ringer now, which is kind of Grantland part two. It's not it's not exactly Grantland, but it's similar. And but his his uh they would always have the picture of the person next to the like by the headline of the story. And they for his picture, he would always use the that maester, 
but he would be wearing a New York Knicks jersey. Like they photoshopped <laughs> a Knicks jersey onto it. That's so when I saw that guy. I was like, oh, he's like a 20 something year old Asian guy. Like weird. So I was pictured him looking like the Maester with the Knicks jersey. <laughs> but now I picture the Maester at the Knicks jersey. That's not going to be a problem anymore because he's dead now. Uh, let's see what else happened in that episode. Well, you led into it earlier. Um, Lady Mormont's a badass. Which one? The twelve-year-old oh. like lady. Yeah, she's turning out to be a pretty good leader. It seems like for a ten-year-old. <laughs> Not just for a ten-year-old. It just seems like she's no, a she's decent leader. She's kicking ass. Yeah. Um, oh, did you uh, notice when uh, Samuel went into the library? The big uh, light fixture in the middle of the library. That was bouncing the light all over? Yeah. What about it? It's, you've seen it in every episode of Game of Thrones. Oh, really? It's the the very beginning. It's like that sphere with all the rings going around it. Oh. That's what, I saw an article that was like saying that the library like, had some big blah, 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 and I didn't click on the article because I was actually doing something. <laughs> so now I know. Yay. We both start out on Yahoo. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fortunate for me right now. Um, yeah. You, you know, it's funny you say that uh, seeing something. Uh, it reminded me. I was watching a movie today, and I don't know what it is. And I tried to stay in this residence room just long enough to figure it out. And I couldn't figure it out. But somebody was watching something on Turner Classic Movies today. And it was something that took place. I'm not going to say it was the Orient. But they sure made it look like it was the Orient. Like for the movie. Some like medieval kind of epic movie. Where like a whole bunch of white people are playing like, you know, Chinese people. But um there was like it had the feel of like a classic movie like you're watching it and you're like i know this is probably a classic movie like it just sort of felt like it it was definitely like a big epic but they had this giant like kind of throne room scene where there's like these stairs that wind on each side and has a balcony on the top and then like at the bottom of the stairs in between them like kind of equally spaced there's this big round thing and it was like I want to say it was like a pool of lava or something. And I was sitting there looking at it and looking at it. I'm like, where have I seen that before? And so it like occurred to me, that's the fucking, that's the set from Scarface. Like at the, like his mansion. <laughs> it was the Scarface mansion, dude. It was, it was just like all medieval. And it was like clearly a movie, I think from the sixties. So like apparently they just repurposed that set and made it into the Scarface Mansion. But I swear, if you could have seen the set, you'd be like, yeah, that's totally the Scarface Mansion. Like once you realize it, crazy. That made me a li- like it was excited at first, and then it made me a little sad because I guess I always sort of hoped someday that like I would actually see the Scarface Mansion <laughs> <laughs> and buy it and have that cheesy like swimming pool with the world is yours on it. An 80s neon that my wife would yell at me every day for like keeping and like not destroying and like lighting up every night (laughs) (laughs) and insisting to take a swim by like falling through a breakaway like staircase banister at the top like Jesus pose falling backwards with fake gunshot wounds. It'd be great. (laughs) Transferring to sneak up on me with a shotgun. (laughs) I mean a fake shotgun. I'm not crazy. I don't really get down with like real guns. <laughs> That's a little irresponsible. Although, I mean, Saran will probably be old enough to to be a Colombian hitman at that point. So, and it's, she'll be just as as brown as the Colombian in that movie. I might add. <laughs> Any of them, take your pick. <laughs> but yeah, is this your life goal? What to like to reenact Scarface? <laughs> it's not my life. My life goal, yeah. One of them is owning that mansion, <laughs> <laughs> not just reenacting Scarface. But I was also thinking, like, uh, I've said for a long time, if I ever get to go to Philly, 
which I said get to Philly like that would be an honor, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if I ever wind up in Philly, if I ever get deserted in Philly, I'm gonna go to that library that that Rocky runs up. But I was always thinking I'd like run up it and shadow box and like try and like. You know, get get a camera on me. There's a million of these on YouTube, by the way, of people just running up the steps and doing the box shadow boxing and stuff. But now I'm gonna copy the scene from Creed. Have you seen Creed yet? No. So like at the very end, like <laughs> like Creed is like helping Rocky up the stairs as he's gingerly walking up him, has to like take a sit halfway through. <laughs> and then just climbing up. I think I'm gonna recreate That's that. That's gonna be more accurate. Yeah, because that one's way more easy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can smoke and drink on my way to that. You know, not a problem. I got that one down. But, yeah. So, um, there was some news that, that dropped a couple days ago that I'm very excited about. Did you hear about all the Spider-Man stuff? I haven't heard any of the Spider-Man stuff. So, th- I don't care about the photos and all that. Like, they're out. I d- for once ever, I, like, looked at the set photos and I was like, oh more boring than I ever could have imagined because like the CGI is not in. So it's literally like Tom Holland jumping on a trampoline in front of a pipe, like a concrete (laughs) pipe. And I'm like, wow, how'd you manage to sneak on set and get those photos? Marvel must be pissed. That's going to give away all kinds of plots. But, um, I, uh, it's Rhino. (laughs) But what, what's really awesome is uh, so the word got out that Sony is still planning on doing like spinning off a bunch of characters from the Spider-Man universe. But Mar- like uh, Amy Pascal, who runs Sony, has like was saying in an interview the other day that Marvel is going to create them. She says, we have a really good relationship and they know what they're doing. So we're going to let them just keep doing what they're doing. They're clearly better at this, she said. So I'm like excited because that means more Marvel movies. Like that means that we're going to get more Marvel movies. You know what I mean? Like Disney's still going to put out what they're putting out. And now Sony's going to be putting out more of what we want. I'm so excited. So they're, they're like working on Venom right now. And like the Marvel creative team is working on Venom. So that makes me happy. Like I I was really not looking forward to a Venom movie because I'm just like, they're just going to fuck it up in a new way. But if Marvel's got it, they're going to find a cool way to do Venom. I know it. Like they're going to find a good way to do it. And so they're working on Venom. And then they're also talking about potentially doing a Silver Sable movie because apparently she's in this movie, which like you don't need to know a lot about her. She's just an assassin with silver hair. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's basically I don't know a whole lot about her I've, I've read her in a lot of comics and that's really all I know about her but I'm just happy it's going to be more Marvel movies so uh, yeah what what you looking up there looking well they had uh, E3's going going on right now and I was there was some stuff that I was reading about and I can't remember any of it so I'm trying to oh. quickly dig some of that up yeah fair enough Something else I was reading about. Did you? Uh, this is one of those things like I've been sort of hearing about and ignoring, but now I got a hot take on it, so I got to talk about it. Um, so apparently they're making a Dungeons and Dragons movie again. <sighs> they said it's going to be like a Tolkien style world. Like, duh, it's a D and D movie, right? So here's what I, I look. I'm not saying that your movie is going to suck. Like the last one did. It'll probably suck last in a two. different way. They made two? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, there was a second one. Was the second one worse than the first? Yes, very oh much so. Oh my God, dude, what are they doing? I think it mostly, I'm trying to remember because I have sat through this garbage. I think it mostly revolved around Jeremy Irons' character, if I remember right. Dude, I don't, all I remember was one of the Waynes being in it. <laughs> And being terrible in it. I think he's playing a thief or something. I remember our friend Brad trying to like justify it being a good movie because he's into D&D so much. He's really... like Brad was sort of in the place where like he was always the cheerleader at D&D. So he would cheerlead things that didn't need to be cheerleaded. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
like that movie, for example. But uh, so I've I've got a take on this, and I want studio execs to listen very closely. Like, so we don't care about your D and D thing. Like, you call the movie Dungeons and Dragons. That's not going to work. Like, I know you're trying to use existing IP to like spin out a world and like you know make a whole world. Okay, here's the thing. That's meaning all it means is we copy this from Tolkien. Like when you see that from a movie, nobody cares about that. They really don't. It's just a run of the mill fantasy movie. You want to make something that works that's from the annals of D&D, maybe a Drist movie. Like maybe something how how about this? How about doing a tale from Forgotten Realms? How many stories do you have from Forgotten Realms? And I'm not saying to just lift a book and make it, but you could make an amazing story that's got like all of these characters that are already fleshed out that have all this history, all the stuff to cherry pick from to make a good movie like they do with comic book characters. Like you have all these places that are fleshed out that you could do that. You can have the little wink and the nods for the people who are really in the know. And for people who don't know, you can really flesh out the characters that you want to flesh out. You know, you can make these existing you can make like a movie and if it hits big, you can make a different one in a different part of the world and these different ones. And then guess what? You can even do the Marvel thing where they cross over because they're all already in the realms, right? Right. That's the most famous one. That's it. That's just the Forgotten Realms. Like if you if you go and make a movie out of Forgotten Realms, you could make some bank because you could draw in people who don't care about that because once again, you're cherry picking tons and tons and tons of stories that already exist. You know what I mean? Like, like that's why superhero movies can be really good is like, you can take the best from them or sort of work an idea and twist it a little bit, but you have all of these like great ideas that came up and you're just like making a stew with them. When you are just starting from scratch, it's just, I don't know what chance you have. Like that's been done and done and done. And people are done with that. Like they've been done with that for a long time. It was stale by 2000 when you made the first Dungeons and Dragons movie. Um, why not make a world off of Dark Sun? I know they don't do that stuff anymore, but that's an inherently interesting world. Like it's a freaking desert planet where like, I don't know, man. It's just like mercenaries rule everywhere. There's interesting stories to be told there. Like it, do something like that. Don't just be generic Dungeons and Dragons. Nobody cares about that. No. There's a lot of people who care about Greyhawk. Like I didn't really read about Greyhawk, but I know there's a lot of stories in Greyhawk. Like, hey, guess what? You got something to play with, you know? And you have stuff that's already written. Yeah. It's <laughs> like I don't understand how they're not seeing this. Maybe it's a rights issue. I don't know, but like start talking to TSR or whoever owns TSR and make it happen. Like I've heard that the, the wizards of the coast, I think. Oh, I don't know if they're under blizzard or see who knows, <laughs> dude, we, we stopped playing D and D a while ago. So we just didn't keep up with what they've been doing. But, um, I was reading like an interview with Aria Salvatore from two years ago because I was, I thought of the dressing. I was like, how come they've never like, I don't know that movies are right for, you know, the Driss stories. And I don't think that they should retell each novel or anything like that. Especially when you consider like, I mean, um, one, like, uh, the second one that Salvatore wrote for Driss, like that's basically just retelling the Hobbit in a way with like different characters. You know what I mean? But, uh, like there's a lot of good elements that you can make like a good movies set of movies or even better, like a show, like how cool would it be to like just have a show that's set in Menzo Branson for a long time and then eventually goes up to the surface world? Like we're kind of we're kind of living in a day and age where you can make that happen. Like HBO, talk to Hasbro because apparently they're the ones that own this. Uh, talk to Hasbro and like you know Game of Thrones is gonna be going out. Maybe wait a year after Game of Thrones and start start making it. Like. There's a lot of good tales that could happen from that, you know? I just, I don't, I feel like they're doing that stuff all wrong. They want to, like, introduce it to more people, but they're like, I, I don't know what's wrong with, with, these, with these people, man. <laughs> like, I don't know why they can't make a movie that, like, D&D fans want to see. I don't know. It, well, just think of how long it took for comic book movies to really 
take hold. Yeah, it took a while. And I mean, comics, comic books have been going for a long time. But to be fair, D&D is off of a genre of like fantasy movies that have been around for so long. So much longer than than like comic book movies that it's not like it's not like they haven't been evolving. You just have to take that step where you're using these existing properties and they're not doing it. That's what I don't get. Yeah. You know, like just all you need is one hit. You just work really, really hard. One hit. One big hit. (laughs) Yeah. Like one hit in the realms and then like fucking you get that hit. You make another movie that's based off of like the realms that's somewhere else, and you eventually like join up some of the characters for part of the movie and shit like that. Like it's so easy, it's so easy because that's what happens in the novels anyway. Like I dare you to go through any writers in Forgotten Realms who like don't have somebody cross Elminster at some point. Yeah, it happens to everybody. You know, like they're already it's. It's so fucking easy. It's so set up like a comic book. Like, how are they? How have they not thought of this? Or if they thought of this, how have they not put this into action? God damn it, dude! I need to be a suit. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be a suit so I can make this stuff happen. Sony, you're apparently really good with giving people who know what they're talking about the reins. How about giving somebody who doesn't know what they talk about and has a podcast? I could fucking lose you some money or make you a lot of money. I'm a high risk, high reward situation. (laughs) Amy Pascal, I know you got a gambling problem. Gamble on me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let me head up your division. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm volunteering right now. You know what? I'll do it for very little pay. Like I'll do it for scale to start out with till the first movie's made. Till it starts rolling in. Yeah, that's and right. And then I'm going to get paid. That's right. I'll I'll just work for a chunk of profits. That's that's how I'll roll for you. If we don't, you know, we don't do well. I only get paid minimally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still get paid. Let's not be ridiculous. But uh, you're not getting paid. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I will. But that's where the high reward comes in. <laughs> You got any ideas on the front? What would you want to see if they did some Forgotten Realms? Did you read very many of the books? Um, I've pretty much just read the Driss books. The Driss books. books. So you're well-versed in the Driss books already? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of dro- like dove deep into that Forgotten Realms nerd hole, dude. Because you're going to college and stuff. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to take all those textbooks that you're pouring over for, for class, and I'm going to fill it with like... I don't know, the Avatar trilogy, <laughs> stupid shit like that. Did you ever hear, read the Avatar trilogy? No, no. See, not the best written books, but such great stories in there. It's just the writer didn't quite and quite figure it out. But like, make a great movie. You put those together in one movie, like you it's got a popcorn movie right there. It's a great idea. Like people sort like they believe in the gods but they're not totally sure some people are falling out of belief and then bam one day all of the gods fall to earth magic goes crazy you can't do this one right out like this is almost like a civil war situation right like you have to wait for that but the gods like fall to earth and then like there's gods trying to kill other gods and succeeding there's mortals becoming gods like oh my god it's interesting there's betrayal there's love, romance, fencing, fighting, giants, true love. It's just like the Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what'd you find from E A E A E three E three? I was thinking Electric Arts. Yeah, the uh, the big thing that caught my attention. I like once I finally did a little research. I'm like, oh, they announced uh, the new God of War game (laughs) which i which i'm like half torn about because i know they won't put on that on ps3 oh so this is like i'm gonna have to buy a ps4 situation yeah the good thing is that they're probably getting down to reasonable prices at pawn shops now 
That not that I've seen. It's like just under retail price. Really? Yeah. What's they retail have no- price right now. Three sixty nine. Jesus Christ! Why? Yeah, that's that's my big big beef. I always had a rule that I waited until the system went to one hundred fifty bucks. However, that worked out, and then I got it. So I'm always like late to every system. I think I drive the kids minorly crazy that way. Like I I never buy almost rarely. I rarely buy a brand new game. Like Madden's, I've made an exception for every year. But um, usually I just like wait until it's in the twenty dollar bin and then buy it or yeah, that's I'm terrible at that. Terrible at that. Like do the same thing I do. The same thing, probably even more so. Here's the thing: if you're always a year or two behind the games, it's still fucking new to you because you're a year or two behind everything else. (laughs) And guess what? You're living thirty dollars cheaper. Sometimes $40 cheaper, depending on the game and how much it's coveted by others. But yeah, I, I'm debating whether I'm going to buy Madden this year. I don't think I am. I didn't buy it last year. It was the first time in like years. I think I've had, I'd had every Madden since like 08. And uh, I didn't buy it last year. And I kind of discovered, like, I've been thinking about this year, and I'm like, do I really got to buy Madden? Like, it's just going to eat up so much of my time. I finally got in a place where I don't feel like I have to play Madden. So I don't I don't know if I'm going to buy it. I kind of think I'm not going to. I haven't bottled Madden in years. Oh, I know. We had fun playing a few times. Oh, I yeah. I enjoy playing Madden. Yeah. But it's one of those things I'll play two or three games a year and be done with it. Yeah. If you're ever going to buy a Madden game, though, uh, no, I'm not going to say it. I was going to say the year after the Super Bowl is great, but then I realized, like, your quarterback situation might be pretty dicey on that game. Yeah, especially now where they do, like, the live updates of rosters and stuff. It's, yeah, yeah, it might not be so good. Well, I mean, that sort of depends on what you're doing, though. Like, it'll start out with the live update, but if you play franchise mode like I do, like, I always play franchise mode where you're just, like, in imaginary land from then on, and uh, they don't do roster updates after that. You know, like, it's, it's just fucking... Yeah, whatever you make it depends on what you do, what team X player lands with, because that's going to affect them and their, you know, logarithms or whatever that they have for improving. So it's like, you know, I'll do things, but I, I also, I, I swear to myself that I'm going to play with the roster that they have and start out with. And that was really easy when the 49ers were good. Yeah. And then when they weren't so good, it was like I would go through preseason and by the end of preseason, I'd be like, fuck this. And I'd just be like trading like a bunch of players and just have the most amazing team because I would trade down until I only had like three draft picks. And then I just totally cheat on the draft so that like I'll sit there and look. I'll wait until I'll go through an entire season and just pick random people like I don't care. And then like without saving and go to the first regular season game and check out all the numbers on all the teams and then be like, okay, which guys are system guys for my guys? And I'll like note those guys and I'll be like, what are their scores? And I'll write them down. And then like, I'll go back, hit the reset button. Oh yeah. And then I'll just like draft the guys I need to. And if it doesn't work through the first draft, then I'll rejigger the way I do it. (laughs) So I never have more than three draft picks in a draft. And guess what? I'm probably going to get the three best players in the end. (laughs) (laughs) It's so great. Like after I go through one year of the draft, it's just like my team's amazing. And then you get like your five-year guy who's like ready for a big contract. And you're like, I don't need you. I'll have you replaced. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what? I'm drafting a rookie who's already got a point higher than you. (laughs) I don't know why I take such joy in that. Like it's so, it's such a ridiculous, like, I don't know. I just enjoy it. Like I enjoy looking at my team and it's like just crushes everybody else. And like, they never have a chance. And I get, I'd come up with these like insane goals that I have to get every game. Like I will literally have every, every receiver I have 
has to get like five receptions a game <laughs> and every, like every running back I'll have different goals for. Like it's always somewhere around 150 yards rushing for the game. But like I'll have one ru- running back, my primary one, who'll get like 100 yards and then I'll get a bunch of yards for the other ones so that everybody, the goal is everybody's got to be able to improve always. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's like when somebody goes to hit 30, it's like Logan's run on my team. Like I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just trading him away or like putting him in a field and shooting him. You know, and it's just on to the next guy. Cause 30, that's when injuries happen. Icky. Ew. <laughs> yeah. You don't want that. Yeah, unless it's a quarterback, and then I'll always like I'll have like a quarterback who's ninety nine with just these insane stats, and then I'll have a like a rookie second or third year player who's like ninety five right behind him because it's literally mm. like I will be so far ahead in the first three quarters that I'll just throw in the backup for the entire fourth quarter every game, <laughs> and just have like I'll have the quarterback, the regular quarterback will like rack up 300 yards and the backup will rack up like 150 yards. Like I just get such insane numbers. It's so much fun, dude. I love it. I get pissed if I don't get at least 56 points a game. That's the magic number right there. It's important. That it's, sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, you have but to get two touchdowns every quarter. But that's way more effort than I get to ever put in a Madden. Right. And that's why I don't want to buy the new Madden. (laughs) (laughs) I get like, I put in about two or three hours a month. Yeah. On my video system. I mean, that's what you should do. You know what I mean? Like you should be putting in no more than two or three hours a month. And that kind of devotion to a Madden game just isn't going to happen. See, I've always been like that though. Like I'll have like one or two games a year and I'll just like play the shit out of those games. And then like, that's it. It's just like one or two games. I always think of Brad and I was always just like, fuck dude. Like how many games do you think he got in a year? Oh, tons. Like I'd say, I'd say he probably got around 30 games a year. And I almost feel like he didn't really even play 10 of them. Like, he would sort of just play him a little bit to realize that he didn't really want to play it. Yeah. But then he wouldn't even... I don't think he even sold his games back. He would just sort of, like... Hoard them. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He has so many games. It's crazy. See, the other thing is, uh, today, uh, Lego Force Awakens came out on our video game. Oh, no. (laughs) This is one I'm probably going to end up paying full retail price for. Yeah, I... But... I have a hard time with the Lego games. There's just something about them that doesn't... Oh, I love the Lego games. There's only been one Lego game that I have not enjoyed. Which is that? The Lego movie. Oh, really? (laughs) I played the Lego... Batman one. That one was all right. It, oh, it was probably like it my all. my second least favorite. I we had it on like the DS, and I remember trying to play it on vacation and boring moments, and I was so mad. I'm just like, I hate this game. Like once I figured out how it worked, I'm just like I don't like this. I don't like building these things. I just thought they were Lego shaped. Like you had to build everything that you did. It just annoyed me. Is that how all the Lego games are? For the most part, they're ah, pretty. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out. Not the, my thing. Uh, the best game, though, is uh, Lego Marvel. And it's basically you're in uh, New York and you get like the whole, all of New York to play in. And so, like, up on the tip of Long Island, you have like all the X Men. Like, that's the X Men zone. And then you have like Spider Man, Stark. Like, anybody. Pretty much anybody you can think of in I was, Marvel. I was um, reading they just discontinued the... Um, I think they discontinued every Infinity game. Or if not every Infinity game, they definitely discontinued the Marvel Infinity stuff. And uh, so they were showing like a Doctor Strange figurine that's not going to come out now. But they had already made the figurine. So they were kind of showing it off on the net. And it looked cool, but I'm just like, I like the Infinity games are fun. Like, I played them with the kids, and it's one of those things that's accessible to kids and adults. 
But it also makes me mad having to buy figurines all the time. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like there's all that much game to play. So it's like, they're like, the world, your imagination, unlimited, blah, blah, blah. But it's like... As long as you pay $20 for figurines. Right. Yeah. It's it's just like, ugh. They just found another way to get collectibles. So I kind of say good riddance to it on that. I feel bad for the kids because I know they would have been excited to get them. But it's just like, I, I miss the days where you just bought a game. You could like beat the game. You know, it was worth playing a few times. You had a bunch of obstacles that you could do if you're really into the game. And then, like, like collect 25 O's or whatever the fuck. And then, you know, then they made a part two. And they kept making another sequel yeah. until they stopped selling. Like, I, it's just the infinity thing. It's just like, nope, we're just going to keep churning out the figurines so they don't sell anymore. Yeah. See, what I like about the Marvel game is... There's like a actual story mode, but then, like I said, you have free reign of the entire map and you can work on unlocking stuff. And I mean, there's like 100 or 250 different characters you can unlock by doing different missions and stuff. So, I mean, there's and there's should we play 250? It's got to be crazy, obscure characters to like 3D man and shit like that. Oh, you get into like the blob and squirrel girl and <laughs> who Adrian still maintains is the best character in the Marvel universe. I think, or the most badass or something like he said better than Galactus and I, or could be Galactus in a fight. And like she took on Galactus. Yeah. I just, I just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a stretch. I just, Maybe I should read Squirrel Girl. Maybe I should just shut up and read it. You know what I mean? I should just shut up and read it. Because I don't know. I'm just going off about something I don't even know anything about. But it seems to me like it's a comic book made for kids that just insults my intelligence. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's Squirrel Girl is talking down to me. You know what I mean? But I haven't read it, so I can't really make that judgment. This video game is the only indoctrination I have with Squirrel Girl, other than she always shows up and people have gone against Galactus. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, we forgot to talk about the 4th of July, so I just pulled a clip from an episode back when I was recording with Greg from episode 5. If you ever want to check out old episodes, just go to montuckyskies.blogspot.com and we got all 271 episodes archived there. So what'd you do for the fourth while I was gone? Uh, you know, I worked uh, 14 hours. Ah, fuck. But you know what? I got paid double time, so I'm, I worked 28 hours. Nice. I, I actually heard a funny story about you on the fourth with the, when you came back with your fireworks. Uh-huh. What's the story? <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, uh, your roommate uh, was telling me that uh, you came back and you were like, I got fireworks. I got fireworks. And then you like threw a smoke bomb down. The <laughs> yeah, I was yelling out of the fucking neighbors because they had shit that was blowing up, and I was super pissed. And like they were doing it till like two thirty in the morning, and I was that dude I never wanted to be yelling on my porch. Stop the motherfucking fireworks! And all it did was get worse, man. I was like, fuck, <laughs> just fuck this neighborhood, fuck all you guys, and like, and then I, well, I had to work at seven o'clock in the morning. You know, I was like super kind of pissed, and I was like, fuck this, man. You know, I'm, you know, I was like, you know, what's really funny about that? You became me, dude. Do you remember when we first moved into here? That exact same thing happened, except for it was our party. <laughs> and there's dudes like throwing fireworks yeah. under cars and shit. Because they all lived in Helena and we were outside city limits. So they're like, yeah, they were throwing shit underneath the fucking people we never even met. Like yeah. people who weren't even friends of our friends showing up. Yeah. That was Just fucked neighbors. up. Those fuck things up. I heard you like yelled at your cop neighbor too for yeah. support. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he didn't help much. So whatever. That, that's a bummer deal. It was really good though. That good. image of the smoke bomb was funny to me though. Oh god, I got fireworks, guys! Yeah, I did about six of those, and I was like, "This is stupid" because it was pitch dark. <laughs> I I came up with a great idea while we're out because we we're watching fireworks by the bay and like on the on the third the uh big casino in, in coos bay that's where my my uh family lives and they were lighting off like tons of fireworks the first night 
And then so on the fourth, I expected to be an equal show. My brother's like, well, usually it's not as good. The mill pulls out. But they did as good of a show. And I'm thinking, like, you know what? Like, I would actually, like, enjoy it more if they were all duds. Because, like, I found out right after, or, like, right after the first fireworks display that they're all lined up in sequence and they start it and then they step away and they never do anything. Once that first fireworks go, it's just, it goes on a chain. Yeah. And you can't stop it. So I was thinking, like, I would actually, this would be the one display I would pay for is, like, you show up and this would be, actually, this would be a great joke. If anybody hears this, just heed this and try and pull this off. Take this would be awesome. Take Find heed. a small town, like, maybe, like, 25 to 50 people, something like that. Glendive. <clears throat> there you go. Glendive, Montucky. Find Glen- go to Glendive, and they have to not have a fireworks display. So you're riding in like the hero, like, I'm going to donate fireworks to you guys. Like, my great-grandpa lived here. Just find something on the town registry for who worked and be like, I, I want to contribute to this town because it's important to me. It's important to my heritage. I want to give you guys life. fireworks. Yeah. And so you set it off, and you, sit, you pretend like it's going to be this big display. And then you just have dud after dud, just and nothing, dude, nothing. Fucking fifty straight shots of nothing. How great would that be? Everybody's gathered in the town with their family, like no. Unfortunately, everyone went off. But I was just thinking, like (laughs) that shit would be more entertaining to me on night two than like watching more fireworks going off. I would have loved that shit. So that's if if anybody has has the fucking guts to pull that off, I highly encourage it. This this conversation is making me think of like old NES games. You wanna you wanna think about old NES games? Do you remember Bionic Commando? No. Did you play that one. You were like a green guy that ran around with a gun. Of course. I played Contra. <laughs> Similar to that, but then let's say, uh oh, uh oh, I have to climb up these platforms that are rising breaking gravity for some weird reason how am i gonna get up there oh guess what i'm gonna buy on a command i'm gonna stretch my arm and <laughs> whoop and then i'm up there oh well how do i get up that one whoop I, he doesn't have any other bionic powers it's just the arm but oh it was fun and you could swing with your arm it was basically like having one of inspector gadgets gadgets <laughs> and just actually being able to use it as opposed to Anything Inspector Gadget ever did. You're sort of like Bender. (laughs) (laughs) But you were talking about Contra. What do you think was better, Contra or Super Contra? I don't know if I could even tell you the difference. Um, I think the bosses are different. Let's see. They both have the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, start, or select start if you're two players. But... And Contra, it's 30 lives. Super Contra's harder because it's super. So you only get 15 lives in that one. I have more of an affinity for Super Contra. It was literally only because me and my brother owned it. So we played a lot of Super Contra. Contra, I always played at somebody else's house. I think we had Contra, but I I couldn't even like back that one up. Uh, <laughs> hold on, vet, for a second. Okay, Okay. so I had to pause really quick because this is so worth it. So I grabbed this book that The Onion put out. Um, I got it for a Christmas present a few years back. It's called Our Dumb World, The Atlas of Planet Earth. Put out by The Onion. Yeah, put out by The Onion. It's so classic, dude. This book is still funny. Every now and then I pull it out. But So they have a listing for every country, okay? So they have Nicaragua, which is the country, and Contra. So you could tell whoever wrote this this entry and they do this a lot like it's literally from the perspective of like the only thing they know and clearly they don't go onto the computer and do any research for the country (laughs) so so this is all that they seem to know is that nicaragua is the country that contra was played in so you know where where it'll say like united states the you know i don't know the the mother or Russia, the motherland. Like it says Nicaragua up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. BA select star. <laughs> this is the entry. I'm just going to read this really quick. In 1987, a U.S. backed Contra force, Lance and Bill was sent to this two dimensional war ravaged nation to stop a terrible threat to free world posed by rebels, robots, and aliens. 
armed only with a machine gun, a faster machine gun, a laser, and when they were lucky, a spread gun. These two members of Special Forces Elite Commando Squad made countless daring raids to the region, somersaulting across the border to destroy turret installations and sabotage power orbs. Like, this is their fucking entry for Nicaragua, okay? Financed over three years and millions of 25-cent increments, the controversial operation was widely criticized for being a a waste of taxpayer lunch money. While the American public may never get a full accounting of just how many hours were lost in this senseless eight-stage battle, unofficial estimates put the death toll at somewhere between 1 and 30 lives with an unknown number of power-ups. Some especially well-acquainted with the operation maintain it was completed just before dinner time without sustaining a single injury, culminating with Bill and Lance fleeing in a helicopter as the entire country exploded behind them, all in 15 minutes. This is still disputed by skeptics who claim, nuh-uh. <laughs> they, have, they have like, so they have a map of the country with all the... Um, with all the the cities so like they have one that's a site of metroid clat uh crash floating weapon power up women making poncho pad or making poncho out of power pad subterranean caverns choked with alien biomass uh sedit Sandinistas? Sandinistas? Yeah, Sandinistas smuggling Nintendo Zapper light guns across the border. <laughs> Border protected by impenetrable force field, extremely vulnerable force field sensor, Tetris shipment from USSR, <laughs> like the capital is Konami. <laughs> uh, they have like a water, like a little section of water. It says waterfall level. It shows one spot that says enemies spawn here. And then finally mass grave of red Falcon soldiers at bottom of board. Because <laughs> they had to come from somewhere. I just fucking this whole thing just like makes me laugh. And where they usually they'll show like different like segments for you know the di- like landmarks and things, and they're all from the game. Like they have one that just says the alien layer and shows the alien <laughs> silly fucking eight bit thing, and like the history is like. 1979, first single pixel organisms appear. <laughs> 1981, early natives subsist on cherries, strawberries, and bananas living in a complex maze-like society. They believe that if they eat power pellets, they will go on a higher level and consume their ancestor spirits. 1982, <laughs> the British seed control of the alien lair of Nicaragua. <laughs> <laughs> 1987, public reaction to a planned invasion of Nicaragua is tested at arcades across the U.S. Um, February 1987, despite widespread calls to end the operation before bedtime, those involved claim they have gotten too far to quit and will pull out just as soon as they defeat the next mini-boss. <laughs> just goes on and on. Uh, July 1987, the mission's success is temporarily overshadowed by allegations of cheat code usage. (laughs) (laughs) 1991, suffering from contra fatigue, America turns its back on the pathetic 8-bit operation with the release of the Sega Genesis. (laughs) I love it, man. Such a great book. But the Nicaragua thing just like delights me to no end. (laughs) Like, they clearly... I, I don't think any of this is on the internet. <laughs> Except for maybe the cheat code. No. No, you don't think the cheat code? Oh, I oh the cheat code's on there. Yeah. Anyway. So that's a good way to waste time, right? Just yeah. read off from somebody else's book. <laughs> At least I gave them credit. That's pretty good of me, right? By the way, and this book has fewer clouds on map. Better veiled xenophobia, curvier latitude lines, bono awareness rating for each nation, <laughs> long standing border disputes resolved, and collectible flexi disc, the uh, smooth sounds of cartography. <laughs> so it's well worth it, dude. I recommend buying this book. All right. <laughs> Do you got anything you wanted to say before we scoot on out? I don't have anything. All right. Take it easy. 
We had a good life. Congratulations on 200. Oh, yeah, dude. Jay Stone, best segment in the show. Amazing. I don't actually have debates on my show. It's called That's Debatable, but I don't really have an affirmative or negative debate, really. It's not a win or loss kind of debate. The way that I've organized the show is to kind of try to talk about arguments um, as opposed to having any one argument in particular. I think talking about arguments is a fun way to have an argument. You're kind of arguing with people as opposed to necessarily against them. A not safe for network podcast. Take that OD, you drink it down to the label. Yeah. You uh, get yourself a funnel from a gas station. <laughs> uh, you then pour sauce in up to where the, the malt liquor started. Fill her back up. Mm-hmm. So you got yourself a little bit of a buzz on because you just drank about a third of a bottle of malt liquor. Put it inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Experience what we just had the absolute privilege of mm-hmm. experiencing in such a thickening. Yeah. I don't see any way that anyone's ever going to regret this. Yeah. We had a good life. When Wilford Brimley is telling you that that's what he's going to do, you're like, oh, wow, it must be aliens. It's totally because the mustache. Yeah, yeah, believe the mustache because when he is in the thing and he is missing the mustache. Bad news. There's something about him that's not right. And the characters pick up on it right away and they lock him away. (laughs) You know, the plot suggests it's for other reasons, but he is a man that should have a mustache. And when he doesn't, it codes for strangeness. And just all around wrongness and weirdness. The Alien Movie Project. Hi, I'm Biggs. Check out my podcast, Biggs on Film, where I do insightful commentaries on films that you love. Uh, Gort the Robot, they call him Newt. Yeah, Newt. Like like he's uh, Norwe- like, Norwegian. Yeah, he's mostly Norwegian. Mostly. <laughs> the two fancy skeletons in the back are the worst. Dude. I know, they're the best. <laughs> like, it's no wonder they lost this battle. <laughs> That's a gross-looking punching bag. Dude, oh, yeah, I'd be that punching. about getting Seminilla punching that bag. I think he might have given that punching bag Seminilla. Well, every now and then it's insightful. Find us on iTunes.